Hello, and welcome to another episode of the original Intersex Connect Live, the place where people in and affecting the intersex community come together. I'm your host, Joseph Benedict, and today's episode, we'll be talking to Ronnie Zuzu. Ronnie is the director and the founder of ICAUSE Intersex Community of Zimbabwe. There is, this is an interactive broadcast, so we will be able to respond to your comments questions, and questions real time. So please let us know you're out there and feel free to ask as many questions as you would like. Um, our co-host, Julie, is um, lost her voice. <laughs> so that's not funny, I know. But um, so our co-host is absent today because they have lost their voice. So I apologize for that. Um, one other thing I was going to mention, and it escaped my mind, so we're just going to go right in. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you Ronnie Zuzu. Ronnie is the founder and director of the intersex community of Zimbabwe, ICAUSE. Um, Ronnie has been a very strong activist for the intersex community in Zimbabwe and trying to get laws to protect the intersex children of Zimbabwe. And if we can bring Ronnie in. Hi, Ronnie, how are you? Hi, Jeffs, how are you? Very good, great to see you. So glad that we finally connected. We've been trying to put this show together for about a year, I think. And uh, <laughs> between <Close>. power outages <laughs> and things like that. But we're finally here and I'm so happy that you're here. Um, has it turned springtime in Zimbabwe yet? We are actually entering summer. Um, yeah. It's very warm during the day and um, in the evenings it's a bit chill, chilly, uh, but yeah, we it's starting to warm up now after winter. There you go. We're headed into autumn here and uh, the weather's rather crazy, uh, but... Anyway, so Ronnie, I got all sorts of questions for you today. Um, and we always got to start with the same question for everybody. Um, and I've asked everybody this question. It's been on the show. Are you intersex? Yes, Jeffs. Um, I'm, I'm intersex. Um, Would you mind sharing your variation with us? Uh, I'm a 46 XXYY. Uh, um, okay. uh, born with a migrus genitalia uh, okay. and ovi testes as well. Okay. So, but as a human being, um, aside from the, the medical aspect of your variation of intersex, what does it mean to you to be an intersex person or your very, what, what does it mean to you uh, outside of being a medical diagnosis? Um, being intersex person to me, uh, it's just like being any other human being. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm any different from how I'm understanding myself now. Uh, but I should be honest to say that when I grew up, I think it was a bit different from the way that I used to look at myself and understand myself because I used to feel very much, um, you know, out of uh, maybe abnormal, so to say, mm. uh, be because of the way that I was treated and um, everything that I went through. 
Um, but from my understanding at this point and moment, I believe that I'm just human being. I'm just a human being, even though I've got my own differences, just like anybody else, but I'm still very much human. I, I like the way you say that, because like I do say, the intersex is just a natural variation of human being that's been around since the beginning of time. And you're just a natural variation of human being. And um, but it has made your life more difficult just because um, you didn't know people like you existed. So you felt like you were abnormal, for lack of a better word. Oh, yes. Um, I, 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 you know, for a very long time um, of my life, I had never met any intersex person, any person who is like me. So, yeah, I used to feel like the old one out. Um, until, yeah, I call, uh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So I call I, that I, intersex island and... Um, Almost everybody I know that is intersex has been on intersex island. So how long between the time that you um, knew that you were intersex and it was a medical situation or a, a medical variation, shall I say, um, from that time until you knew that there were other people like you, how long were you in that period of time where you felt like you were the only one on an island? Wow, a very long time. Um, I can say that until my mid-30s, um, yeah. right, right now I'm in my early 40s. Right. Um, yeah, but until my mid-30s, um, I had actually never met any other intersex person. So that was my own world that I was living in. Um, right. Yeah, but now, uh, yeah. Uh, until my my mid thirties, that's when I. Um, and is is that me. what encouraged you to be an intersex activist? Yes, I I think I've always been an activist, but sometimes um, just belonging to. I'm not sure whether I should say uh, the wrong groups. Um, I've always had a passion to fight for uh, the injustices, especially for the minority groups. Um, because even before I became a, an intersex activist, uh, we used to, um, I used to be in, in, in the LGBTI movement. Um, yeah. So, so you were, you were um, an activist before you were an intersex activist, um, basically fighting for basic human rights for all humans, yes? Yes, exactly. Yes. All right. So um, then when you met your first intersex person, um, what was that experience like for you? Actually, it, it was very funny because um, I, I think when I started discovering, because I, I was on a journey of self-discovery, because I right. really wanted to make sense of everything, um, being aware of um, human beings, uh, being different variations and stuff like that, which is not intersex in, in, in you know, specifically. But uh, I, I was just dis trying to discover why is it that I am this different? Um, so I, I got, I stumbled upon the, the term intersex on internet. 
Mm-hmm. And I kept on discovering, you know, like um, researching as right. to what it really means. And that's when it then took me to, uh, you know, my, my, the description of myself. So that's where, when I went, oh, so this is me, I'm intersex. But, right. you know, back, back then, it, I used to be embarrassed uh, to say that or even to come out openly to say, oh, look, I'm not like this, but I'm just intersex. So I, I, you know, during that time, I, I also um, continued. I think the, those were the early days of Facebook as well. Um, right. So I, I kept on uh, digging until I also stumbled upon um, another great activist, intersex activist. Unfortunately, she's late now. She's Sally Gross um, right. from South Africa. So I came across um, Sally Gross and then we started connecting over Facebook. So that right. is the first person I ever met who was intersex. Yeah, first time I met an uh, intersex person like that, it brought me to tears because it was like, really? Whoa, it's like, <laughs> they took me a while. But I also heard you mentioning that you were not necessarily comfortable claiming that you were intersex until you really knew that you were intersex because um, you understand the the medical implications of being intersex um, can be overwhelming because you then have to explain to your doctors that you are intersex and prove to them. And did you have difficulty proving to your doctors in Zimbabwe that you were intersex or were they open and willing to explore the possibility? Um, my experience with medicine, um, I, I don't know, it's a bit emotional because just like many other intersex people, uh, I was exposed to um, corrective surgery um, during my childhood. So I did undergo um, some four surgeries whilst I was still a baby. So even back then, the, you know, even doctors themselves, I don't think that they knew anything about intersex. I would like to believe that they were just doing experiments um, because they actually have uh, limited information and even the experience of uh, offering uh, healthcare services to, um, to, to intersex persons. So yeah, when I then maybe reached about 16, 16 between 16 and 17, my parents had to take me back to the, hosp- uh, to the hospital again so that I can, they can pick up from where they left off while I was still a baby. Um, so yeah, they did their procedures, but nothing really ever worked out. Um, even though they did some very horrible stuff on my, on my body. Um, even back then, I never knew that I was, I was intersex. So I never brought it up. All I knew was just to follow orders. When I'm say when I when 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 my parents say that no, we're going to the hospital so that they can actually fix you. Uh, that's all that I knew. Um, but then it, it, nothing ever got fixed. So um, from then I just developed this um, kind of 
hatred. I, I don't know if hatred is a good word, but I really do not like <laughs> um, interacting with doctors or even medical professionals because I just see them as people who, who have got nothing better to offer. Because even up to today, if I uh, ever encounter or maybe have a, that encounter with uh, medical um, professionals and I tell them that I'm intersex, some, some of them are really clueless uh, and they don't even know what to do with me. So it's, it's, it's not a good experience at all. Yeah, it sounds a lot like the experience I had here in America. I had surgeries as an infant, started when I was four months old and stopped when I was like 13, I think, and only because I refused to have any more. Um, but, um, and then finding follow-up medical care, like a doctor that actually knows something about intersex is, um, it's like throwing darts at a board because the odds are that they're not going to know anything about intersex and you have to educate them. Yeah. Mm. So, all right, Ronnie. So, um, I want to talk about ICAUSE because you are the founder and director of ICAUSE, the intersex community of Zimbabwe. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started on that? Yeah, uh, long story, eh? <laughs> but I will try to cut it short. <laughs> well, we got time, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so um, it was it was back in 90, sorry, in 2017. The first time I ever got into under one roof with about 20, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was 26 intersex activist, activists for the first uh, African intersex movement meeting that was held in South Africa. So I had the privilege of being invited um, for that meeting. So yeah, I saw other internet intersex activists, you know, speaking proudly, being out and proud about being intersex and really fighting for um, intersex rights. I think I, I, I challenged myself. I really felt challenged to say, um, here I am being a human rights defender for other, other issues but I'm even embarrassed to say I'm intersex. I'm going to fight for who I am. I think that was a, a, a biggest challenge and a, a wake-up call for me to say, you know, these intersex activists around, from around Africa, they were really doing a great job, amazing stuff. Um, so that was the, my, my, the, the, the start of my journey. Um, so when I then decided to relocate back to Zimbabwe because back then I had run away from Zimbabwe because, you know, um, it's, 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 it wasn't safe for me to be in Zimbabwe and being intersex, being part of the LGBTI. It was very dangerous uh, due to the political context. So I then decided to relocate back home. Um, and that was in 2018. Um, upon getting to Zimbabwe, I joined other groups um, which were doing trans and intersex work. Uh, but I, I felt that that wasn't where I wanted to see myself. 
And um, I then decided to found the Intersex Community of Zimbabwe. And it was, it was founded in October, 2018. So that's how I got to found um, the Intersex Community of Zimbabwe. Well, that's pretty awesome. So it's been going on for quite a while. And um, what are the goals of the um, Intersex Community of Zimbabwe? Um, I think our main goal is to actually see intersex people in Zimbabwe being free. And by free, I mean con completely free from all the stigma and discrimination uh, and all the cultural wrong perceptions that surround being intersex. Um, and also to see uh, the, the constitution uh, recognizing intersex people, you know, we, we need the acknowledgement that intersex people are real. They exist amongst uh, the populations and that they also deserve Uh-oh. Ronnie has frozen up. Can I come back? Ah, oh, I'm so engrossed. Uh, all right, so hopefully Ronnie will be back in a second. Well then, that was interesting. <laughs> so we're gonna punt for a second and see if Ronnie can come back um, because we were going to talk about the Universal Periodic Report, and I want to bring that to everybody's attention. Um, yeah. Hey, Ronnie, are you back? Oh, almost. So the Universal Periodic Report is the ninth generation of the 2013 report on Torsha. Uh, Hi, James. I'm back. Hey, Ronnie, welcome back. All right, so um, you were talking about the goals for the intersex community of Zimbabwe when you froze up. And um, just was there anything you wanted to add to that? Because that, it's hard for me to tell you where you left off, but um, <laughs> was there anything you wanted to add about the goals of um, ICOS? Yeah, um, I, 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 I think I have just summarized uh, the main goals of, um, of the intersex community of Zimbabwe, just to see um, a society that, that is accepting, that acknowledges that intersex people are just human beings, just like anybody else. And there is nothing that, is, that we have as intersex people to be shameful about. And yeah, I think acknowledgement, acceptance, um, in terms of like the legal recognition um, by our laws in Zimbabwe, I think. So yeah, proper medical are... care would probably fit under that as well, yes? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. Having at least some doctors trained in what intersex is. So yes. um, now have you been, let me, you guys had a law put together that, um, you were getting through 
the government and it was about to be passed until at the very last minute there was some opposition to the law. Can you tell me something about that? Um, please, can you come again? I think I lost you for a second. Oh, okay. Um, you guys have been working on a law that was for intersex people's protection, and you had gotten it through most of the political process until there was a last-minute opposition to um, the law. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think you're talking about the process that we, as a country, we, we you know, as Zimbabwe, if you were following the Universal Periodic Review, mm -hmm. um, uh, we... Right. Can we stop for one second and explain what the Universal Periodic um, Review is? I was about to explain that when you froze up, so I was going to um, try and explain that to everybody. Um, I don't. Do you know where the periodic review originated and how it became a thing? Um, from my understanding, the Universal Periodic Report is a process uh, from the uh, whereby states um, can go under review. I'm not sure where it originated from, but I just know that there is a body of human rights yeah. whereby countries they've signed treaties to uphold certain human rights right uh, so right. let me take just a moment to explain the universal periodic report is actually the ninth generation of the 2013 report on torture what report on torture because it's actually french and written in french um, but um, from that report where they claim that intersex is torture, um, the intersex surgeries on infants is torture, um, the universal periodic report is the countries responding to what they've done about the things in the 2013 report on torture. So this is the ninth review. I know in the United States, when they put, um, put in their information to the Universal Periodic Report, that they say that they have addressed 81% of the issues in that report. And um, hopefully we'll be able to get intersex in there and do the same thing there. But most people in the United States have no idea about this report. Um, and that's why I wanted to sit here and speak about it. So if you could explain how it is you're able to use that report to um, change things in your country, that would be um, very appreciated. Yeah, um, so since Zimbabwe was under review last year, uh, that was in 2021, um, some C, uh, CBOs, um, uh, uh, came up with reports and submitted uh, before the committee um, so that Zimbabwe will be reviewed. Um, yeah, so the, there are certain countries, I think it was Finland and uh, Iceland, who made recommendations on the protection of intersex minors. And um, Zimbabwe accepted um, that was recommendation 140, 140.58, if I'm not mistaken, of 
0.60. I'm not, maybe I'm just getting them mixed up. So after they had actually um, uh, accepted those uh, recommendations, so for us, we were overjoyed and we were celebrating um, because they also accepted another recommendation on, I think it was gender identity. Uh, so some of the organizations were part of the process of writing or maybe coming up with reports. They then offered a, a statement, a public statement. Um, but since Zimbabwe is actually um, in the pre-election period and LGBTI issues have, been, have always been used um, as weapons to decampaign some other political parties. Um, I think the ruling party then decided to go back, uh, maybe to, to, to maybe, yeah, to denounce what they had already accepted. So a minister of, some minister somewhere um, then offered a public report um, uh, to, to the media to say that we we don't accept LGBTI people. So it's unfortunate that as they are maybe reversing those gains or maybe maybe going against what they have accepted during that um, uh, UPR, uh, those recommendations. It's unfortunate that uh, they end up reversing on intersex, of which when we look at those LGBTI issues, intersex issues, uh, the, one, the one recommendation, it was on intersex minors, and it's got nothing to do with sexual orientation or gender identity, which is something that they just don't understand how to separate. So unfortunately, in intersex children or intersex minors, they end up getting um, affected by the those um, those remarks or maybe those decisions because these leaders sometimes they do not really understand what's the difference between those groups. So I think that was the whole process that um, I, I, I could share with you right now. Yeah, we seem to be mirroring our political things in our country as well as your country um, where they are weaponizing the T, if anything, on the LGBT and trying to um, turn a small minority of you know, 139 million people uh, <laughs> into yeah. a weapon. And, yeah. and their political campaign is to discriminate against these people. And it's mm -hmm. like, seriously, that's your whole political campaign? Um, and it sounds like they're doing the same thing down there. So mm. that's that's scary that it's going on all around the world. But um, so ICOS has been going on for eight years now, four years now. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Use my fingers. Almost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it will be four years in um, in, in October. There you go. This show will be one year old in October. So um, we started up right before intersection. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So in that time, 
and doing your intersex activism in a country where they really don't appreciate it. Um, have you found some things that you found very useful for um, getting through to people and trying to explain it to them that you could share with us that we might be able to use as well? Sorry, please come again. I, I, I kind of lost you for, That's okay. for a moment. Um, what I'm trying to ask is, over the four years of being a intersex advocate for ICAUSE and your organization, is there anything that you found that was extremely useful in reaching out to people that have no clue about intersex that we might be able to use for ourselves so that we can reach more people? Hmm. Yeah, um, I think one of the strategies that we as intersex community of Zimbabwe have been using that, was, that, we, that has proven to, to work for us at least, um, is um, um, allyship, uh, to, to, to form strong allies with uh, religious groups, um, as well as traditional and cultural um, groups, because those form very strong, or they, they have And that's from doing a live show from Africa, the continent of Africa. Zimbabwe is from Southern Africa, if I'm correct, and used to be Rhodesia. But come on, Ronnie, we need you back. <laughs> All right, then. So now I need something to talk about. So what are we going to talk about? We can talk about upcoming shows, I think. Um, we got Ella. Oh, geez, I should have wrote her name down. Um, it, from Spain coming on next month. And then um, we have a very special show for Intersex Awareness Day. Um, I'm not sure if I should say the guest yet until we make sure we can work out the schedule and everything. Um, but I can tell you our Intersex Awareness Day show is going to be amazing. And you don't want to miss that. It will probably not be at the regular time because Intersex Awareness Day is on a Wednesday. And we have to um, fit around other people's schedules. So um, we'll see what we can do with all of that. And we have completely lost Ronnie. And we're going to see if they come back. Otherwise, we might be. Um... Oh, I see Ronnie coming back. There you are. You're back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, my internet connection is always like up and down, you know. We don't have a very good internet connection. 
Well, I was trying to explain, yes, plus we're going all the way around the world kind of thing. That doesn't help. <laughs> so there's all sorts of relays between here and there. Plus, I have I have a hurricane, remnants of a hurricane blowing over my house right now. So, oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, though, you were talking about... Um, positive things that have worked for ICAUSE as far as um, reaching out. And you had mentioned um, the reaching out with, to churches and, and having alliances with churches. And I was wondering if you could give me a little bit of a taste of the um, religious view on intersex people there, because here in America, the religious view on intersex is pretty horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know, I, I've always had this uh, experience to say that at first, you know, we like our approach is that we do approach them and then we explain to them to say, okay, we are from the intersex community of Zimbabwe. We are part of the congregation. Um, so, yeah, we need to have some dialogues. Maybe, yeah, just have some dialogue with you. So, yeah, we, it, it, it's, it's always not easy because when you start um, having this dialogue, you can actually tell that the, the atmosphere is very tense. They mm. just come here out of curiosity and they are ready to bash you with Bible verses and, oh, you know, they use everything in the Bible. But I think we have our own way that we have actually managed to master to use the very same Bible to counter on their attacks and use it again against them. Um, so that is something that we have actually managed to do and we have seen it working because in our experience, we've never finished a meeting with them and um, having them walking away or maybe not understanding. They end up feeling guilty of how they've always treated intersex people and they end up accepting us and becoming advocates for, for, for our cause. So it's something that we have actually managed to, 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 to do. And also the other thing is that I think uh, when we are working with, um, with these groups, uh, one of the strategies that we have actually managed to use is to uh, maybe not make them a whole congregation and just take smaller groups or maybe even start sensitizing at home um, people who are around you, people who actually who can actually uh, support you and speak uh, on your behalf. Because the moment that maybe you go in front of the whole congregation, it will be like two against a hundred. So we try to make our, the groups that we're dealing with smaller so that we can actually have a conversation. You know, we have that dialogue whereby we, we actually um, giving each other time to uh, speak to one another, having that, um, giving them an opportunity to even ask. Um, and I think one of the biggest uh, or powerful things that we have been doing is sharing of our lived experiences is very, very powerful. Um, whereby we make them see 
you know, the, 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 the wrongs, the evil that um, the world out there, including the church, by discriminating against someone who did not choose to be whom they are. Um, so we, we, we try to make it really uh, touching so that they end up um, having no choice but to feel very bad about uh, being horrible towards intersex people. Yes, I agree with that because if they actually read their Bible, they will find out they're on the wrong side of the situation and yeah. uh, that they should be very careful about their salvation if they think that ignoring the words of Jesus is going to help them get into heaven. But um, <laughs> I do have a question. Can, um, can, our, uh, go ahead. Um, I, I, I wanted to share with you something very interesting that I once shared with a group of Christians. Um, they were actually Christian leaders. Mm -hmm. So um, I always share to say that, remember the Bible says that when um, God created the first human being, um, he created Adam. So Adam was created and from Adam, God took out Adam's ribs. Maybe it wasn't only ribs. Maybe there were other other uh, parts <laughs> that were not mentioned. <laughs> and from the very same human being, uh, God took out a female. Uh, so for me, I always say, how then are we sure that um, Adam was not intersex? Absolutely. I agree. Adam was a hermaphrodite. <laughs> because if you can take a female out of a whole human being, where did the female come from? Exactly. So either it was the first transgender or um, Jesus, or I mean, Adam was a uh, hermaphrodite. That's yeah, what I so, see it. So yeah, I'm glad so you we said always, that. Yeah, so we always give them something to think about, and then they will start thinking, and their brains start running very fast, and... Mm -hmm. Before they know it, they start feeling guilty about discriminating against people who were just created in the image of God. I even posed a question the other time to say, how then do we know if God himself is not intercessor, is not hemophrodite? Because mm -hmm. we were created in his, in his own image, and we've never heard that he's got a sex. That. So... I love it. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I do. <laughs> uh, so um, our co-host Julie lost their voice. I don't know if you caught that, but um, they did ask a question in the chat, and they want to know um, where do you see ICO 